0: Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Friday, and it feels like this week has gone on forever. So I'm very happy to be uh, staring down the barrel of the weekend. I hope you're all set to have a great weekend wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Please be safe. Please be kind. Uh, And get ready for the 2024 NFL Combine in Indianapolis next week. That's right, I'll be flying in uh, tomorrow, I'm sorry, tomorrow, Monday afternoon, um, meeting up with Billy Schmid there in Indy, we're going to be bringing you all sorts of goodness both here on the YouTube channel and on 97.3 The Game, Uh, got a couple windows that will be uh, live, not quite, we haven't really nailed it down yet because of the Badgers schedule, they have to uh, uh, do some broadcasting of their games and some stuff around Badgers, so uh, make sure you keep it on Of course, here at the Cheesehead TV YouTube channel, but also my socials. I'll let you know uh, when we'll be on the air. And we'll probably simulcast most, if not all, of that as well uh, that we can here on uh, our YouTube channel, their YouTube channel. All sorts of goodness coming from Indy. Uh, We'll hear from Brian Gutekunst on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern in Indy. Uh, Matt LaFleur and the coaches not attending, but one coach we did hear from yesterday was Jeff Hafley the new defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Thanks to everyone who joined me here on YouTube uh, for the watch party. It was interesting to hear him talk. Interesting to go back and listen to it again, because that's the kind of nerd I am. Um, you know, he did an excellent job of not only articulating the vision for, you know, obviously how he sees his kind of contribution on the defensive side of the ball and what it means for the Packers as a greater whole, But I also thought it was very clear that he has been a head coach the way not only that he commanded the room and being in front of people, but knowing how to deal with the media, knowing what questions mean and what the angles are and how to answer it. And especially things that we're trying to get specific, you know, answer respectfully, but not give away any specifics. This man is practiced. He is certainly adept at the art of saying some stuff without saying a whole lot, which is, hey, it's part of the job, right? It's a skill you got to have. Um, you did hear some some good stuff as far as you know, putting guys in position to succeed, what they want to do, not only on early downs but on obvious passing downs, getting after the quarterback, getting the quarterback on the ground. I don't think you heard anything revolutionary in that regard. Um, I Did like his uh, response to Pete Doherty, uh, the question about the post safety. It was fun to listen to his answer, and then watch real time as he kind of says, well, I'm kind of just describing the perfect football player, which is great. You wish you could have a perfect player at every position. Right. And yeah, you're looking for those traits and you're looking for those things. Um, To me, the the more I hear and read about what he and Matt are going to try and implement on the defensive side of the ball. um, You know, there's been a lot of parallels to what the 49ers have done and what Sala is doing here in New York with the jets. And, You know, you look at those fronts and how they controlled things and they do control things. That, to me, is way more key than the safety play. And that doesn't discount how important it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying, like, it's an afterthought because it certainly isn't. And the Packers need to address it. But, man, I don't think a lot of that matters if you're not controlling the line of scrimmage the way those teams did. You go back to the Legion of Boom. You know, yes, they had great pieces on the back end. But one of the things that John Schneider did so well during that run for the Seahawks, is fine talent up front. And, you know, there was that one off season where they got Michael Bennett for a song in free agency. You know, and of course they had the advantage of working with Russell Wilson's rookie contract, et cetera. But to me, that, for this transition and trying to do kind of the switch over that they're trying, they're attempting here, I think, and you did hear a lot about how there are pieces in place and there's no doubt that You know, especially in the modern NFL, a lot of these guys can do lots of different stuff, whereas maybe in, like, the early 90s when the 3-4 was a very different beast and only, like, two teams were running it, you know, there weren't a lot of guys who had experience standing up, right, and flipping their hips and running with a tight end, etc. Now the league is so pass-happy and has, you know, been for so long that a lot of these guys coming out of college even are kind of adept at utilizing different techniques and doing lots of different things. To the point where, you know, I'm with Brian when he says, you, know, you don't need to change a whole lot when it comes to what you're scouting. But I do think the emphasis on the team building side, you know, that's where you can go. Well, do would you want to kind of make kind of push our chips in here or do we want to kind of make sure we're set there or things of that nature? And to me, it's all about upfront. You guys, if you've watched this channel for any length of time, you know, that's what I always say. It is the truth. If you are controlling the line of scrimmage, you have a shot of controlling the game. And those defenses that everyone has pointed to when talking about, oh, this is kind of the, the, the tree that they're coming out of. Yeah, the, all of those teams, all those defenses have controlled things up front. Look no further than the Jets. I mean, as horrible as their season one la- was last year, obviously a lot of that driven by the situation at quarterback. You turn on any Jets game, especially when they're playing defense, and they are controlling the line of scrimmage. Now, you know, some games they wore down. They were out there a long time. But, man, that defense is legit because they control things up front. If the Packers want to go that route, they have, they've got to be better up front. And I'm not saying they don't have talent up there. They do. But I think they need at least one more piece. So that's where I stand, and that's why I'm excited by everything Halfley said. You know, you definitely walk the walk. Now it's time to talk. You know, you talk the talk. Now it's time to walk the walk. No, no question about it. And look, there's a long way to go before we see one meaningful snap, let alone a game, you know, play out. But I'm very, very optimistic, you know, because, you know, I think we just had a article go up on She Said TV this afternoon. The title, can Jeff Halfley break the the cycle of mediocrity on the defensive side of the ball? And it's something we've talked about at Happy Hour. Soder knows where I'm going with this. I mean – I, I tease Soder for being an Eeyore about it, but he's not wrong regarding Packers defense over the past 30 years. You can almost set your watch by it being a disappointment. You know, yes, every once in a while, 2010 being an obvious one, 2014 being another. But Outside of, you know, these odd seasons, these kind of random seasons, defense has been nothing but disappointing in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Can Jeff overcome that history? Can can he and Gutekunst and Matt find a way forward to make this defense? And look, I don't even need it to be dominating, although that would be nice. But can it be effective? Can it be situationally effective? Can it be uh, complementary? Can it get those tough outs when you absolutely got to have it? You know, all these things that we've so rarely seen in Green Bay. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to find out. And like I said, I thought it was a good start yesterday hearing what, you know, how he thinks and what he thinks of the gig and all of that. But a lot of ball game left, as someone once said. Hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Abdul starting us off with a super chat. How you doing, man? Hey, Aaron, didn't get to catch the watch party yesterday. Was there anything he said that surprised you slash you didn't like anything you loved? Not really, man. You know, at this point, I don't know. I guess I've seen so many introductory press conferences. I'm just kind of numb to it all. You know, everybody says the right stuff. And, you know, I I get um, people being excited by his presentation and the way he presents. I thought, again, he had great command of the room, clearly has media experience. No question about uh, where he lies as far as coming from the college ranks and coming back to the NFL and what drove that and how happy he is to be back. Mostly on a pure football tip, rather than all the extraneous stuff in college. But yeah, outside of you know, yeah, outside of that, there wasn't much that surprised me. There wasn't anything I hated. Was anything I was like, oh boy, red flag. Certainly not. Um, you know, it's the problem is, of course, is with the longest off season of any of the professional sports. All of these things kind of get dragged out and kind of blown up, right? To mean like. These incredible like quotes, and they get you know made into something that you know in in the long term probably isn't that important, you know. But I, I'm I'm excited to see what he puts on the field and the emphasis. And we the more kind of outside of Halfway, the thing I really kind of listened to and kind of perked up at was Lafleur talking about play style and the eleven hats to the ball stuff we've heard before. But he did seem to frame it a little bit differently and as to how he and Jeff are gonna go about it. And I was encouraged by Matt mentioning the Texans and how he had just been watching some of their tape and how their defense pops off the screen. Like you just look and it's night and day, you know, as far as play style goes. And look, if Halfley can get guys just in position in the secondary to make a couple pass breakups, you know, actually maybe dislodge the ball from the wide receiver as it's arriving rather than having guys far and away playing zone, like way off and etc. and then rallying and tackling, you know, if even that is just just a little switch, just a little different. I think that goes a long way to improving the defense and it comes down to play style. It comes down to what you're asking them to do and how to do it much more so than the scheme. Right. And the scheme is important. No doubt about it. But to me, for so long in Green Bay, it's been about play style and a lack of all eleven guys, you know, ravis ravenously pursuing the ball. You know, that's the thing that needs to switch more than anything in Green Bay, to my eyes. Autumn G, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. Loved his comment on Quay. He seemed excited to get a hold of him. Agreed. I mean, he called him a good football player, right? <clears throat> and I, you guys know, I've I've said now since his hiring, I think given what they want to do, especially on early downs, I do think this is a real good opportunity for Quay. I think he can become a star. Um, I think he has the ability. He has the upside. I don't think he's come close to reaching his potential. And I really hope this helps unlock it. Craig, what's going on, man? Nags, if we only had a source or video for us mere mortals to watch so we can learn who to watch at the Combine, I guess we need to live in ignorance. LOL, What let's say you. Who to watch at the Combine? Craig, there's a video right here on this YouTube channel. I just did that with Ben Fennel yesterday. So make sure you check it out. Ed Pierce, what's going on, man? On Wednesday, you said temper your expectations. I'm still laughing. Packers fans temper their expectations. Yeah, that's going to happen. I believe that was in response to uh, the salary cap and the idea of going, buying, or getting bunch, bunches of free agents. Definitely going to be difficult to temper Packers fans' expectations with the news this afternoon uh, from the NFL where they announced the new uh, salary cap for 2024, which is a bit higher than everybody expected. Um, I know there were a lot of kind of estimations that it was going to come hovering in around the 246 mark or so, but uh, I believe it's, what, 250-something. What is that? Let me get the uh, exact number here for posterity's sake. I don't want to say the wrong thing into a microphone. My goodness. 255.4 million per club, which is much greater. It's a 30% increase. uh, I thought, I'm sorry, a $30 million increase. Uh, It's historic as far as the level of increase. I, that's the biggest jump it's ever taken. Uh, It's finally kind of correcting from everything that went on during the pandemic. You know, the one time that in since the inception of the salary cap in 2021 where it went down and teams had to deal with that including the packers now finally uh NFL has kind right of gotten righted the ship so to speak and it's exciting but i've already got people all up in my mentions talking about oh now they can go sign this and they can go sign that and look every other team got the same news guys you know every other agent is adjusting what they're going to be asking for, you know, it's, I'm excited. It really does help the Packers for 2025 more than anything else. Um, And it certainly gives them a little bit more leeway and wiggle room this season, as far as maybe not having to touch as many contracts internally that they were going to have to do to create cap space. They can still make moves. They can still kind of go and sign a guy or two that they want, you know, but anybody expecting some kind of wild, spending spree or free agent shopping spree because of today's news is is going to be sorely disappointed so yes temper your expectations if you're one of those um so we got here jacob thanks so much man finally able to catch a live been working on the road hope all was well ps defense top 10 2024 book it <laughs> people i love people are so like obsessed with rankings not jacob I, I get it man but it's just can we just get off the field on third down that's all. I don't care where we're ranked. Just get off the field on third down. Maybe a turnover every once in a while. That's all I need. John, how you doing, man? My hot take on Quay last year was top five linebacker. Next year, <laughs> no more rankings. Oh yeah, hey, hey, bring it, man. I'm look. Patrick Queen started real rough in the NFL. Looks real good now. You know, it can be done. Has been done, and I think with Quay, it will be done. No doubt. Nicholas, how you doing, man? Halfley specified a type of safety talent that we don't have on the roster. Probably won't exist in the draft as a rookie and most likely would cost a first wave of free agency player. Is Savage our best bet? I don't know about best bet, but I think there that's one of the reasons why I said in the video the other day, there's a decent case to be made for bringing him back just because you know the player. He is a first round talent and has that kind of athleticism that you need at the position, but he's certainly not the player that Affley was describing in that press conference yesterday. Um, But look, he understands that yes, if you're in Madden, create a player, this is the player you would create. We don't live in that world though. And to your point, yes, there, there are certainly not a ton of safety kind of prospects on offer that you would expect to come in and be what he just described it in that press conference. But I do think there are a couple guys in this draft that you could, you know, Start out as far as making this transition, and you know, building your program on the defensive side of the ball with new blood, et cetera. I think Newbin from Minnesota would fit the bill. I really do, and I I know, you know, there there's a chance that maybe he he tests out of uh, that range of the twenty five or so sitting at the bottom of the first round. Though I've seen some mocks where he goes in the second round, so who knows? But yeah, I think you know that's that's a player that I think while not fitting exactly what he described, that's some talent that you can work with and start kind of course correcting on defense. You know what I mean? So uh, this idea that, yes, I understand it's not a very deep safety class. It's not a great safety class. No question about it, but that doesn't mean there's no talent there. There is talent. There's always talent. All players have value. No doubt about it. Nathaniel. What's up, man? Zach, Tom, greater than Tom, Zach. (laughs) Zach. I love you guys. That's I, so good. That's so good. Phenomenal. I needed that. Christian, how are you? My two favorite players in the draft so far that I've watched are Newton from Illinois and Tampa from Iowa State. I have to see Tampa. This is like the third day in a row I've had this kid mentioned either on video or here in the chat. I have to watch him. I have not yet. Um, I'd like to do so before I get to Indy next week. Peter, what's going on, man? Did Jeff make reference to the Savage Miss tackle in the divisional playoffs? I don't believe he did directly, but uh, maybe indirectly or subtly, but no, not overtly. David, how are you, man? With Newcap, is there just one free agent you like? (laughs) David trying to get me to plant my flag. Uh, You know, there's a few, man. There was the safety from the Rams, Fuller. Um, You know, there's the kid from Baltimore where the safety where I don't think he's actually going to get out of the gate. Here's what I always say. Can we just wait until the end of the tag period? And then, you know, we'll know who's tagged and most likely who's been re-signed because we're still in that window. You know, that window started at the start of this week. And if teams can't reach a, an extension with someone, they'll probably tag him, et cetera. That'll be probably be Antoine Winfield, who I would love on the Packers. I would, I, that would be talk about a dream signing. That would be a dream signing. Because it's only going to happen in your dreams, because he's probably going to be staying in Tampa Bay. So I just need a better kind of view of who's actually going to be available before I start talking about, oh, yeah, I think this is a realistic or somebody I think the Packers could definitely go on and attempt, attempt to sign. You know, it's like that every year. Abdul, thanks again, man. I'm trying to remember did Capers' downfall happen due to Collins' injury and Jenkins leaving, or did his concept become outdated? What about Pettin? Like, he also started out hot and then declined. The have a Patton thing. I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't say Petton declined. I think, you know, there was certainly, um, I don't want to call it tension, but there was a difference of opinion of how they should be calling the games between him and Matt. I think that, more than anything, kind of led to not bringing him back. Um, and, look, you talk about his decline. His last game as a Green Bay Packers coach, they were in the NFC Championship game. You know, the defense played well enough to get there. And I understand, you know, the, the Kevin King thing and the touchdown at the end of the half and the dropped interception and all the other stuff. They did pick off Tom Brady three times, you know, set up the offense plenty to go win that fucking thing and get to the Super Bowl. So it's not like Pettin was horrible. I think time has made people think that, you know, Pettin was this like rich, go tight figure in Green Bay. And like he coached a pretty damn good defense at times. Right. Um, but as for Capers, t- to me, yes, of course, the Collins injury and not resigning Jenkins were big, big moments. There's no question about it. I do think there was a lot of kind of disconnect between how Ted was running personnel and what Dom was asking guys to do on the field. Mostly because Ted was not like Brian when it came to injuries and replenishing the bottom of the roster, especially – Ted very much agreed. Brian still kind of operates this way to a point where, you know, okay, injuries. All right. We've got a practice squad. Now Brian has an expanded practice squad that he can draw from, including with veterans, you know, that he can put on there. Something Ted never had, but you know, that is kind of the Packer way. Right. And that was very much how Ted operated. The problem was with Ted, they were almost all like undrafted free agents who had no experience. And by the time they got up there, You know, it's deep in the season. Teams are playing like a pretty solid oiled machine. And then you'd have these young guys just not really being in sync with not only their teammates, but all of the complexities, especially on the back end, that Dom's defense required. Um, You know, everybody will point to Gunter in the NFC Championship game, who was, yes, completely unmatched, you know. But, you know, there were other instances. There's the Cardinals game you know, where they they, that march down field and overtime, you know, you got young guys out there just kind of going every which way, not knowing who to cover, etc. I just think that, you know, and it's never one thing. It's always levels and complex. But to me, that was kind of the really frustrating part. And I do think that's one of the drivers behind McCarthy, not firing capers when he probably should have. But I think Mike felt somewhat loyal to Dom because, you know, Dom kept getting handed like not a ton of vets, really young players who he ran a certain type of scheme that required a certain type of guy. And Ted was really not going to break his mold to especially when it came to, you know, free agency and getting veterans in there to kind of support that. And I think that was Mike's view. So, Mike, you know, if you've called a good defense, but your players are not executing. And I think that was Mike's kind of viewpoint well then why would i be firing the defensive coordinator you know so i I do think dom got caught in a situation especially at the end with ted um there the the there was just kind of a disconnect there between those two the coach the coaching and the personnel more than anything else what else we got folks make sure i don't miss any got that got that all right very good uh Fritz Schirmer was the man. Fritz was the man, man. Um, What else we got? Andrew, what's going on, man? I would like to see us go for a middle-of-the-road free agent. Almost feels like all teams that make a deep run do so. Not that it's that easy. Also, just give me attitude on defense. Go, pack, go. Yeah, attitude is nice. You don't want penalties because of it. But, yeah, I'm down with attitude. I'm all good on that. Middle-of-the-road free agents. Yeah, I think that's what you should be expecting one or two of them. I pick up here or there. I, I I don't know how else to express it, you know? That first wave, I just don't expect the Packers to be very active. But we'll see. I've been wrong before. God knows Nagler's never right. We will we will see soon. All right, buddy. I got to get going. I cannot thank you enough for hanging out talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. I will be back on Monday from Indianapolis. Can't wait to talk to you all. In the meantime, please do hit like on this video and subscribe to the channel and then tell your friends and tell your family cheesehead tv we are devoted to green bay packers fans worldwide thanks a lot everybody have a great weekend go pack go